Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. We're going to take the North and never give it back. The Chicago Bear way is to run the football, stop the run, and we're going to work everything we can to get that done this year. You know, they fit right into the hits principle. You're really trying to stretch them physically and mentally. They all play hard. They're intense guys. They're focused. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. Here's Kevin Powell. Justin Fields, Well, here we go. Week one, Bears-Packers on the lakefront at Soldier Field. Welcome in. I'm Kevin Powell. Episode 69 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks again to our new sponsors, our local Chevy dealers. It's sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. And speaking of Justin Fields, Herb Howard joining me once again on the podcast. Happened to have a one-on-one sit-down with QB1 at Hallis Hall. Herb, how did that go? Yeah, I had a good chance to sit down with him yesterday for a little while. Just talk about a little bit of, of, of who he is outside of football. I think we talked to him so much about you know, how many touchdowns he's going to throw, is he going to run as much as he did last year, the group of receivers that he has. So I just wanted to have a little bit of a conversation to find out a little bit more about, you know, the, the person. And so uh, that's that's what a little bit what we got into yesterday. And if anybody wants to watch that interview, where do they uh, go, Herb? It will drop on the Bigs website. It's uh, – the bigs dot us it'll drop uh, on Saturday. It'll be out on Saturday and it'll be on our YouTube page as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Herb Howard four one one. I'll make sure to drop it there. You can follow the bigs at it's the bigs uh, on Twitter as well, and we'll we'll make sure that we push it out through there. You guys do a great job. Great Bears coverage. Great uh, coverage of the entire Chicago sports scene. Uh, Justin is kind of reserved in the in the media press. Interviews we talked to him on Wednesday at Hallis Hall, and he's—I don't know if that's just him locked in, you know, as the season gets going. Because mid-season, yeah. that's kind of how he is too, and I don't—I don't think that really uh, reflects his personality. But he—he he does seem a little reserved and a little quiet in those press conferences. Not—not not saying it's a bad thing, just how he is in the in the media room when we're talking to him. But what did you learn in that one-on-one with him? Did you get a little bit more out of QB one in the interview? Yeah, I think that you know, I think that a lot of those players tend to show uh, a different side of themselves when they're you know at the podium or when we're you know thirty deep at their locker with all the cameras and lights. I think yeah. it kind of puts them on guard a little bit, and they 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 start to you know become a little bit protective about what they say and how they present. So I think that getting them you know in a little bit of different environments, kind of sitting down talking, you get to see a little bit more of the personality, the, the personality that you kind of get glimpses of when they're out on the field with their teammates, the dancing, the smiling, those types of things that you don't necessarily see, uh, especially from Justin at the podium. I think that he just comes to the podium and he, he understands that we're going to dissect everything that he has done at practice that day or at a game that day, and we're going to dissect everything that he does say at that podium. I think it makes uh, him, I think it makes most people just a little bit defensive and a little bit different than, than, than how they normally are. I found them to be, uh, you know, warm and, and funny and engaging and, and, and thoughtful and, you know, having a lot to say. And so uh, I think that people will enjoy getting the chance to see that side of him and, and, you know, just kind of who he is and what he likes to do, you know, when he's not, you know, being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And so I think definitely 
that there's a little bit of a, of, of a different component that you get to see from him that we don't necessarily get to see when he is, you know, at the podium for press conferences. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about our expectations for Justin Fields this year. We all know, right, we've talked about it at length. We, we want to see the passing game improve. We know what he can do with his legs. He's explosive. He has shown that he throws a good deep ball, too. They did have some explosive plays in the passing game. It's just it wasn't consistent enough. They have to get better. They were the worst in the league in the passing game. His interception rate was high. His sack rate was high. Um, these are things we know, but what what do you think are some reason, reasonable expectations for Justin Fields when it comes to the passing game? I'm not necessarily asking you to put numbers on it, but what what do you think we'll see from Justin Fields this year? I definitely think that you'll see an improvement in terms of, of his statistics as, as a passer, but I think those things will come from him having a better understanding of the offense, him being more comfortable in the system, having a greater command of what Luke Getze and quarterback coach Janoko, what, what they want him to do. And I think that he's going to be better able to tie his eyes to his feet in terms of, okay, if I got a five-step five step drop or a seven-step drop, once I get to this step, my eyes should be here. Once I get to that step, my eyes should be there. And by the time I make my hitch to throw, my eyes may be in another place. And that's just how he's progressing through his reason. That should allow him to be on time and in rhythm with his delivery. And when you do that, not only do you get the ball out quicker, but it allows you to get the ball to your receivers in a way that they can catch the ball and then run after the catch. You've got guys that are capable of doing that. We've seen D.J. Moore do that in his you know, limited um, reps in the preseason. And so I think those types of things are going to help Justin. But I also think just having a better group of talent around him on the outside. And obviously, they re-signed Cole Komet. They brought in Robert Tain to kind of bolster that tight end group. But D.J. Moore... Darnell Mooney being back healthy. If Chase Claypool can can be the player that they hope he is, then he's got a pretty good um, um, group of, of weapons around him, and he should be able to be productive in that. And so, if you put a number on it, I say I would I would start the number at at thirty four hundred. I think that's that's okay. a decent number. You're talking about if he's able to play seventeen games, and I know the way he plays, you know that's. I don't know, that may be a little ambitious because he's liable to take some shots when he gets out there running and he may miss a game or two here or there. But if he's able to play 17 games, I don't think it's too much to say, okay, throw 200 yards for each of those games, and now you're at 3,400 really, really easy. And So I think that he'll certainly you know, rise above that. He hasn't thrown for more than you know 190 uh, yards, but I think three times in three. He hasn't hit 300 ever in his career. I think there'll they'll, they'll certainly be games where he hits 300 this year. And so... Um, I think we'll see a, a much more improved Justin Fields in terms of the passing game, but I think it's as much about the, the the entirety of the offense as it is about him. I know he wants to get to that to that elusive four thousand mark for Bears quarterbacks, which is crazy. Herb has never happened, so we'll see. I know that he's got his eyes set on that. Uh, let's see. I think thirty thirty two hundred might even be a more reasonable number for Justin Fields to to aim for. But I I know he wants to get to that four thousand yard mark. I will say, you know, watching the offense through camp and saw you know a good amount of practices. And there were some days where it was very clear, like this is, it looks really bad. There are some other days it's kind of hard to tell too, right? Because you don't know specifically what they're working on that day. I mean, there were plenty of days where Luke Getze after practice where it looked horrible. He kind of saw it differently. Now, I understand that might be coach speak and all of that. The one thing that I think all of us can confidently say, Herb, is that there is a real connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore. We saw it no in small sample size in the preseason, but anybody who was out there at Hallis Hall and saw a good amount of reps, whether it was individual drills, whether it was seven-on-seven, seven, whether it was teamwork, he loves to target D.J. Moore. 
I think that's going to be huge for Justin Fields this season, a guy he knows he can go to in big clutch moments, right? Like you and I were talking about this at Hallis Hall Wednesday. For as much as we would like to see Justin improve passing, um, and and he's talked about not running as much, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And people have talked about the injuries adding up as a runner. Okay, you can get hurt a lot of different ways as a quarterback. I think for, for me, like, the passing game has to improve because how many times last year did we see late in the game Justin Fields and the offense had the ball and they had opportunities to go down the field and tie the game, take the lead, score a touchdown and win the game, and it didn't happen because the defense is new, right? Like they knew the only way they were going to blow that game was yeah. Justin Fields and his legs blowing, you know, popping off a 50-yard run. And in those situations, it's not really going to happen unless something crazy you know, occurs right. on, a, on the certain place. So for me, like having guys like DJ Moore, he, you know, it appears he has a strong connection with Cole Komet. Tanyan's a big addition to the offense, I think, in the red zone, stuff like that, and Claypool and Mooney. So I, I just think that now that he has a little bit more of a security blanket in a guy in DJ Moore, and I'm not saying this is, you know, it's not a done deal yet, but from what we saw leading up to the season, it is clear he likes to target DJ Moore. I think that's that's going to be a strong connection this season, Herb. Not as going to be huge for them. I think it's also going to be huge for guys like Talk about like Darnell Mooney. I think Darnell Mooney's probably going to have. He's, I think he's probably going to lead the team in, in, in yards per catch. I think he's going to make a lot of big plays because I think the attention that DJ Moore is going to draw. I think you know Justin is going to go to him early. He's going to go to him often, and defensive coordinator is going to be trying to prepare for that. I think he's going to be double teamed often, and that's going to be allow Coach Getty to make uh, to create mismatches for for Darnell Mooney in the slot on the other side, moving him around. And, and hitting some big plays. And I think those types of things is where you're going to see some of those chunk plays come from. So I'm excited about, you know, the fact that DJ Moore not only is a safety blanket for, for Justin Fields, but he's a multiplier for that entire offense. And, you know, getting back to, to his ability to run, I told him this yesterday, and we didn't, when, I, when, we, were, when we were talking, that, listen, I know people talk, talk about him running less. He may run more because, you're going to have defenses that aren't going to be just backpedaling with their eyes on Justin. They can't. You got to double team Mooney. You got to turn and I mean, double team DJ. You got to turn and run with Mooney. You got to deal with Chase Claypool. You got to keep eyes on Cole Komet. And so there are going to be times when Justin Fields looks down that field and he sees the back of defenders' helmets. And when he sees that and he doesn't like what he has to throw, he can take off and run. And once he does that, it's going to be too late for those defenders to turn around and then chase him down. Good luck with that. And so uh, just the fact that they're going to have to be more focused on the receiver. I mean, he was able to do all this running last year with, let's just say, a not-as-talented group of receivers than he has this year. This year, those guys are going to be the defenders, the defensive backs, are going to be focused on those receivers and may create even more running opportunities for him. But, you know, I just think that, you know, DJ Moore and Mooney uh, should, should have a really, really big year uh, as a tandem. It's an interesting perspective on, on, you know, where he might still be running. And, you know, in those situations that you're kind of laying out, those are probably runs where he's got space and can create yeah. space, which one big yardage two avoid big hits. I mean, yep. Patrick Mahomes runs all the time. You know what I mean? He's, he's obviously much different styles of running and all of that, but Mahomes has the great awareness. How many how many times do we see Mahomes? And that was a crazy game last night. Crazy impressive victory by Detroit, by the way. But how many times have we seen Mahomes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even Aaron Rodgers, right? Like that awareness. 
to pop off 11 yards on a third and long and pick up a first down and avoid the hit. So, you know, th- this idea, though, you got to run less, you got to throw more. Okay, well, why would you take away one of the strengths of his game in running? And, and how many times last year, too, was it simply just immediately plays breaking down because the offensive line wasn't doing their job, which meant Fields was breaking tackles, he was taking hits. So let's hope all of that is more improved. We did just get the latest injury report, and they're just about fully healthy, Herb, other than Tevin Jenkins and Doug Kramer on IR. Uh, Nate Davis was, uh, and he's been going through some stuff. So I, I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter about Bears fans kind of bothered by the Nate Davis situation. Relax, all right? We've heard multiple times the guy's going through some personal stuff. He was a full participant today. I think he's going to be a good addition to this offensive line at right guard. But uh, Brisker, Jackson, Demarcus Walker, all full go today. So all things considered, uh, you know, handful of players missed some time. Chase Claypool, I know you were watching him closely. But mm-hmm. all things considered, they're in pretty good shape going into this opener against Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I think that certainly you wanted to go through the summer and be have a chance to look at this defense as a whole and see what your new toys look like. And you talk about Demarcus Walker, even when you got Yannick in here late, but you know you wanted to see Jaquan Brisker continue developing his second year and continue to develop that chemistry with Eddie Jackson on the back end, Tremaine Edmonds coming in and stepping in and being the leader in the middle of that defense. Didn't really happen, right? A lot of those guys got banged up and they weren't out there for the majority of the summer. That being said. They're here now, and right now, we'll, only time will tell if you know that, that those layoffs kind of cost them a little bit of you know chemistry and connectivity, and it may take them a game or two to really be firing on all cylinders in terms of you know passing guys off and that nonverbal communication in the middle of a play. But it's good that they're back. It's good they have their front line guys ready to go for week one, and you know as they continue to play more and more next to each other, if they can stay healthy, that should be a pretty solid defensive unit. And the Packers have a pretty strong front. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Ibrifus pointed out how many first-rounders they, they have on that defense. Uh, what do you expect from Jordan Love? What do you think we're going to see this season as the Aaron Rodgers uh, era comes to an end and we begin the Jordan Love era? Hopefully he's not a first-ballot Hall of Famer, Casey. Like, <laughs> Bears fans can't take it anymore, Herb. This has been torture. Can we start there? Can we, can we set the bar just slightly below First ballot Hall of Famer. Like, can it, yeah, can it be like a, a second ballot, second year <laughs> right, Hall of Famer? Right. A fringe Pro Bowl guy, for the love of God. Come on. My goodness. Please just don't don't be an all-time great would be would be a start. I, I mean, it no, is. I, I, it, it's it's crazy, though. I mean, I sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you go on Jordan Love. But it, it is crazy, not that anybody needs a reminder. I mean, it's what? Eight straight losses against Green Bay. They had the one victory in 2018. It's just been complete domination. And I hope, Herb, and I know every. Everybody's praying for this Sunday and really the entire season that maybe for the first time in my lifetime, Herb, we will see a Bears quarterback outplay a Packers quarterback. Do you think that's possible? I do think it's possible. I do think that Justin Fields is the better player between he and Jordan Love. That being said, we haven't seen enough of Jordan Love to say that definitively, right? I think that, but I, I can't say for sure. You just haven't seen enough of him. And so, you know, I think that he certainly has some tools that you like. He's, he's able to stand tall in the pocket. He has some athleticism. He does have some arm talent. But, the, you know, I think that the hope is that the Bears can kind of get to him, can kind of rattle him, force him into some mistakes, use kind of some of that inexperience in terms of live game reps against him, maybe fool him here or there, um, and, and, and create some of those turnovers. The Bears, even last year, were able to create a lot of turnovers. And so, you know, if they can get – 
you know, a little bit more of a pass rush. They should be able to, you know, get their hands on the football, and hopefully they can, you know, pressure Jordan Love into some 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 overthrows or some bad reads and and take the ball from them. And so I think the Bears have the better quarterback. It would certainly be great to see, uh, you know, the, the 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 tide kind of turn in this series, at least at the quarterback position where you know they've dominated it for thirty years. Dead last in sacks last year, the Bears defense. Big additions to the defensive line, Walker and Ngakwe. But I would love to see the two young rookie defensive tackles be productive Mm -hmm. this year. I know that's, you know, Dexter and Pickens, you know, they stood out to me at times throughout camp. But if they can find production for those guys in some real minutes, that would be huge for this defensive unit. No, they really need those guys to step up. I know a lot was made around the draft when we talk about Jalen Carter and a lot of continues to be made about the camp he's having and the type of player that he could potentially develop into. And I know the Bears, you know, you know, chose to go in a different direction. I think they, they, they made a pretty solid decision on that. But they also, you know, showed their hand that they still were really concerned about that position. They doubled down on it in the draft. And I think they really want those guys to be able to be significant contributors early and often in this defense. Now, you obviously have Justin Jones and Andrew Billings playing in front of them, but in this day and age, you need waves of defensive linemen, and those two young guys have to come in and be productive, have to come in, be strong at the point of attack in terms of that one technique, but also be able to penetrate uh, and get pressure on the quarterback in terms of the three technique, and I think both of those guys, Zach Pickens especially, has shown himself ready to make some of those splash plays. And I think that it's going to be exciting to, to see what those young kids can do when they get the opportunity. They certainly will get those opportunities. We're going to find out on Sunday if they're ready for it. What did you think of that Detroit performance last night? Yeah, I thought it was okay. okay. I mean, anytime you go on the road into a hostile environment, you know, kicking off the season, you know, the entire country is watching. That's a tough, a tough you know, environment to go into. But you're also hyped up for the game. You come out there, you do what you got to do. I think that, you know, when you beat a team without two of their best three players, I mean, we're talking about not just two of their best three players on any team, but you're talking about two of the better players in the entire league. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, you kind of got to factor that in. You give, you know, you tip your cap, they go in there, they get a win, you can't take it from them. But, you know, to win by one when they don't have their best weapon on, on offense, they don't have their, you know, their, their uh, disrupting force on defense. Uh, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I, I give it like a, a, a seven. Like, okay, cool. Y'all went out there and y'all beat, y'all beat the Super Bowl champs, even though they were only a shell of themselves in terms of uh, their full arsenal. So, you know, I, whatever. I, I wasn't super impressed by it, but they're one and those. So you, you give them that. Herb. They beat Patrick Mahomes in his home stadium in the season opener where Mahomes dominates. Yeah. You're not you're not, not there yet with the Lions. Not impressed. I, I just don't, I don't I don't think they have the Chiefs. I don't think they have uh just a great battery of weapons, you know, around Patrick Mahomes outside of Travis Kelsey. Travis no. Kelsey is the multiplier that allows some of those other guys to play above their individual skill set, right? And I think uh, when you take him away and you don't have to focus so much of your defense on those guys and you're able to play those other guys straight up, then they aren't as dynamic as maybe they could be with Travis Kelsey on the field. And so if, if they had went in there and blew those guys out or something like that, they won by two or three scores. It's like, okay, now that's, that's impressive. Y'all beat them by one without, you know, the, 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 the key to their offense. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is the key, but in terms of his weaponry, you know, to to beat him by one point there, uh, I I, didn't, I wasn't extremely 
impressed by you know what we saw. We saw we still saw some Detroit Lions types of things with the fumbles and yeah. the missed snaps and those types of things. I do think they play with the um, a level of moxie that 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 that's cool. I think they take on the identity of their head coach, and I think that's cool. But just in terms of that particular win. I wasn't impressed by you beat him by one point. I think if Chris Jones is in the middle of that defensive line and Travis Kelsey is lined up at tight end, you take that one point and you probably flip it around by another ten, and, and the Chiefs probably win that game by by a couple of scores. What do you think of that uh, play caller for the Kansas City Chiefs? I've heard of that guy. <laughs> Bear, I didn't know if it made Bears fans happy or more angry just seeing him on the TV. And they had that third and short, and it's a sweep, that jet sweep play that he would always call, and it never worked. And everyone was having fun with that. All right, before I get your Bears-Packers prediction, who do you think wins the NFC North? Who wins the NFC North? I think the Vikings win the NFC North. Um, I know people no, People aren't picking them. People are picking the Lions. Some people are even picking the Bears. I think that the firepower that 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 the Lions, that the Vikings offense still has, is something that you got to deal with. I think also think they have the best home field advantage in the North. I know we talk about Lambeau and what it is, but they just had. I think they just had better teams. More so than they've had a better home field advantage. That Vikings stadium is really really tough to go into and win. It's really really loud, and I think it's just, it's just hard to go into and win. So I. I like them. They got a veteran quarterback. They got great talent on the outside. Uh, I know they're, they're they're missing pieces that they had last year and Dalvin Cook and Daniel Hunter, those types of things. But um, I w- I would still lean lean towards them. Uh, and then you know I think the Bears and, and and the Lions could could fight it out for for second place and make it close. But you know I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me for any of the four. But if I had to pick one, I would I would pick the Vikings. Sunday Bears Packers Lakefront. Who you got? <sighs> I want to say Bears, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like it's eight straight. I think it's like twenty four out of twenty nine. Uh-huh. I'm going to pick the team that always wins that game. Okay. And until the Bears beat the Packers, I can't with any level of confidence pick the Bears to beat the Packers. And so, uh, as much as I want the Bears to win, I hope they win. I certainly would not be surprised if they do win. I don't have it in me to predict that happening. So I'm going to go Packers somewhere. You know. 21 17, 24 21, something like that. I'm going to go Bears 27, Green Bay 24. How about that, Herb? I love it. I love it. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going with UKP. Bears 27 24. I'm still thinking Packers 24 21. All right. We will see, and I'll see you at Soldier Field on Sunday. Be on the lookout for Herb's one on one interview with Justin Fields. That'll drop Saturday. So, some good content. Uh, to check out before the Bears and Packers meet at Soldier Field. 205th regular season meeting between the two teams, Herb. So let's hope it's a fun one. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast once again, Herb. Thanks for the time. Kathy, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for Episode 69 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks again to our local Chevy dealers. Podcast now sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Justin Fields Drives. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.